Chapter Seventeen of the Submarine Boys and the Smugglers by Victor G. Durham. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Brandon. Chapter Seventeen. Wally Wimpins, Man of Vengeance. What I want, proclaimed F. Summers, is sure leaf. It was afternoon. All of the submarine boys had slept, and all were therefore refreshed. To be more definite, smiled Jack Benson what you really want is something in the ice cream soda line oh i might get rid of three or four of them somers conceded but the main thing that i want on shore is a good walk along a good old rustic road i'm a country boy you know you'll be back on board by six o'clock won't you benson inquired oh easily go ahead then and take your shore leave f started for the deck oh by the way lieutenant jack called after him hold the boat until i can put on sit clothes too and i'll run ashore going on a walk with me no i shall have other fish to fry but i want to go on shore just the same up on deck under the awning sat ned white with hal the young man from the state department did not care about going ashore he was enjoying the sea breeze that blew in under the awning on shore the submarine boys parted company f went to the nearest drug store where he surrounded five ice cream sodas and vanquished them then he started to find his road one that turned up by the hotel bel air and stretched off toward a green forest in the distance just as f went by the rear portion of the hotel he was spied by no less a personage than wally wimpins the would-be young actor whom f had floored in the arlington in washington wally had a summer engagement here at boxhaven though one that had no connection with the stage wally had arrived two days before to serve as a waiter at the bel-air there wasn't much glory in being a waiter but wally had reasoned that there was at least a living in it and that the tips from guests ought to salve his wounded feelings Today he was to have his first afternoon off and had already dressed for it when he spied summers the new waiter's eyes opened very wide that's he cried wally i couldn't mistake him anywhere that's the same kid with sunburst hair that treated me to the wallop in washington i'd like to wait on him for just one meal but he's going by and i have three hours of my own time this afternoon i'll follow sunburst hair and see if there's any safe and easy way of handing him back the wallop that he loaned me giving f time to get a little more of a start wally followed carefully his mind bent wholly on thoughts of vengeance wally like many of his weak-minded kind imagined himself a desperate man whom it was highly dangerous to offend if i get that kid where i want him this afternoon wimpins told himself fiercely i'll make him sing mighty low for once if i can only get him down and make him beg for mercy then i'll read sunburst a little lecture on keeping his fists to himself there were sheltering walls and little stretches of groves that ran near the road 
wally had very little trouble in following his intended prey and took but a moderate chance of being discovered passing through one of the groves which bordered on the wagon road wally wimpin's heart gave a sudden leap of joy lying in the path before him lay a heavy three-foot stake this thing will put us on an equal footing gloated the simpleton pouncing upon his prize my but it's stout and hard i'll get in front of sunburst with this and tell him what a royal thumping he's about to receive i can see him turn pale i can see his lower jaw drop these bullies are always cowards i've read as much somewhere though the way across the fields and through little stretches of woods made rough walking for wally whose feet were already tired from standing still behind the chairs of bel-air guests mr wimpins managed to hide his discomfort even from himself his whole being was actuated by the hunger for vengeance he could think of nothing else one swift hard thump with this fine old piece of wood wally told himself and then i could stand over him while he crouches at my feet oh little does he imagine who is on his trail this afternoon though the simpleton could not comprehend the fact f summers in truth would have been but very little disturbed had he known just who was pursuing him and why at last the lonely road began to wind through a stretch of forest f walked on wally now limping though keeping manfully to his self-appointed task of revenge at last however mr wimpins felt that he could go no further if he was to save enough of his feet to get back to boxhaven he'll come back this way anyway thought wally sinking to the grass near the road and when he does come oh won't i hand it to him as for ensign f the young officer kept on for some distance further finally however his watch informed him that it was time to turn back from the most delightful walk he had had in many a day here in the woods where no one would meet him or know the submarine boy even if a meeting did take place f had his coat off and on his arm while he fanned his perspiring face with his straw hat wally with his ear close to the ground heard the tramp of the returning pedestrian he rose to his knees peering eagerly it's sunburst all right glowed wimpins now i'll hide behind that tree as sunburst passes me i'll land one on his pate that would have been worthy of good old robin hood himself ha tremble caitliff for thy doom is indeed near there does not live the man who may affront mr wallace wimpins and trust to go unscathed f came along at a swinging walk unaware that there was another human being within a mile of him the broad oak tree's trunk wholly concealed the vengeful wimpins whistling softly young ensign summers strolled by the tree wally slipped quietly around the trunk to avoid chance of being seen then with the soft tread of a stage villain whom he had often admired 
Wimpin stole up behind the unsuspecting submarine boy. The stake uplifted. Some slight sound must have caught F's ear, for he started to turn. Not a second was to be lost, if Wimpins was to be sure of his revenge. Whack! Down came the club on F's hatless cranium. Wally struck somewhat harder than he had intended. Naturally, F fell to the ground. As he did so, he rolled over on his back in order to get an instant glance at whatever had collided with him. Wally bounded a step forward, then placed one foot on F's chest. Ha, varlet! Now we change places, he cried shrilly, brandishing the club menacingly. I'm quite willing to change places, grunted young Summers. You shall lie here in the road, and I'll take that piece of kindling wood and jab you one for luck. Silence, dog, hissed Wally. Dog am I, demanded F. Then whose pup are you? Darest thou insult me, quivered Wimpins. Then indeed shall thou rue this day. That F. Summers didn't at once push aside the foot and leap to his feet, ready to avenge the blow that had laid him low was due solely to the swift belief that came to him. That belief was to the effect that he was dealing with an escaped lunatic. Ensign Summers wasn't of the sort to deal roughly with a lunatic. He decided on a conversational method of soothing this violent young spindling. Is this your usual way of greeting friends on the road? F. inquired mildly. Friends? demanded wally scornfully no fool this is the way i meet mine enemies and strike terror to their hearts in me behold a man who can wait patiently for years for vengeance in me behold one who when wronged worships devoutly at the shrine of sweet vengeance clean daffy was f's inward comment i don't believe I ever met anyone before so wholly dippy as this chap is. Then he asked, You speak of me as an enemy. How do you know I am? I can't remember that I ever before had the pleasure of meeting you. Villain, add not lying to thine other crimes, ordered Wally sternly. Dost dare deny that but the other morn thou lookest upon me in the caravansary of the chief city of the province i don't know that address didst not leave thy two companions and walk over and strike me down demanded wally his eyes gleaming didst not smite me with thy fist and stretch me on the ground before thee answer caitiff say blurted f summers suddenly are you the tallow dip that i had to knock down in the arlington at washington i am the same proclaimed wally but now the tables are turned i am uppermost in power here beg varlet beg all right returned f summers coolly the first petition i have to offer is that you kindly take your soiled shoe off my chest if you're not quick about it I shall have to remove the foot myself. Thou durst not, hissed Wally, but incur my slightest displeasure, and thou perisheth. I'll talk that over with you. 
when i'm on my feet promised eph gripping wally's foot he pushed it aside with a grin next he prepared himself for a spring to his feet now was wally wimpkins assailed with sudden terror this valiant youth no longer yearned for combat he must act in self-protection so he swung his stake this time he brought it down on eph's head with greater force ensign somers fell back in grim silence the stake had done its work he lay on his side in the road neither moving nor offering to speak wally bent over him in terror all the bravado oozing swiftly out of him ah woe the day for me wailed wimpins i have killed him then he turned and fled like all cowards leaving in the middle of the road this victim of his fantastic ideas of vengeance they'll arrest me if they catch me near here shrieked wally wimpins as he dashed wildly into the woods End of chapter 17 Recording by John Brandon